This is Leader to Leader with Dean Fountain from the University of West Florida's College of Business. Today's guest is David Delaman, Market Vice President for Cox Communications Southeast Region. David joined Cox in 2004 and currently oversees day-to-day operations. He previously worked in broadcast journalism as a reporter and managing editor. David and Cox give back to the local community through their involvement with Achieve Escambia. David, so good to have you here today on Leader to Leader. And I just think, first of all, the world of communication. I think that we can be better communicators. I think that the world has changed so much in in the area of communications. But mostly, I'm interested in what you said was your journey to get to where you are. Did you see yourself in this position when you were going to college? Definitely not, without a doubt. And that's something I I tend to share with younger employees who work with me, and they're trying to figure out their career journey, is you have to really be open-minded and never have a predestined journey of where you think you're going to end up. You know, I knew coming out of high school, I wanted to go into broadcast journalism. That's what my degree was in. And I spent about 10 years in broadcast journalism. Absolutely loved it. Had a blast doing it, working in local TV, covered so many fun stories, interesting stories, impactful stories. But I always kind of knew that I would do something else after about 10 years. Then about 10 years into it, a friend of mine who worked for Cox uh, sent me an email totally out of the blue and said, hey, we've got this public affairs position open at Cox. Would you be interested? I said, sure, sounds good to me. And so I started with the company and frankly, hadn't done a whole lot of research on the company or the role, but it sounded like a good fit. And I've been here for almost 17 years now. But public affairs was a really natural transition for me, building off my previous telecom experience, figuring out, hey, how do we tell Cox's story to the public, to the community? But then that really evolved over the years, trying to learn more just about the business and really understand how the business works. And so for the last five years now, I've been in this operations role, which I tell everyone is almost exactly the opposite of what my communications roles were. When you work in like the communications function of a business, you're taking any kind of complicated topic. So it can be a crisis communications, employee communications, a media story, and you're boiling it down to the three most important points. You know, what is it that you want your audience to know, whether it's internal, external. So you you really spend your time taking these broad topics and summarizing them into something simple for people to understand. The last five years on operations has really flipped that on the head for me. So the way I work now in operations, you've got this really broad view of the business and you'll hear one challenge that's going on. And my job is to really dig into that challenge and ask the questions and figure out, hey, what can we do to solve this? You know, there is a challenge with their customer modem. You know, it sounds like it's something simple to solve on the surface, but you end up having to really dig deep and get a bunch of teams together to solve that issue. So it's really been fun to kind of look at an inside view of the business as opposed to what I was doing on the communication side. What just I was thinking about is this is, and I want to go a couple of different ways and Rick, please jump in, is collaboration. That's such a buzzword or has been a buzzword. Let me bring it back to, we do a lot of teamwork and team assignments in higher ed, right? And we keep on saying in corporate world, we expect you to work with others, whether you like them or not. We expect this and collaboration is the teamwork side of it. How important is that with communications? 
putting those two together was seamless for you, what you just said. So how important is it to have teamwork and really understand about teamwork? It's critical, without a doubt. No organization can move forward at all without that collaboration and, and teamwork. But to me, I'd boil it down to even a, that's a little step simpler. I don't think you can have the collaboration without building the relationships first. That's going to be consistent no matter what kind of organization you're in, no matter what technical function you're doing, whether you're working on the communication side of the business, the engineering, the technology, the operations, you've got to have those relationships that enable the collaboration, that enable the teamwork. So I think back to some of the college assignments I had to do where you're placed on a team and you have to learn to work with the team. And there's always the person who's the excels and does all the work. There's always that one person on that team who doesn't want to lift their fair share. We all get frustrated with that person. But you know, that is, in some ways, it's a microcosm of what you have to deal with in the real world. And I don't think it's about just forcing the team to get the project done and get the grade. It's, hey, at some point during that project, that team has to figure out how do we build relationships with each other you know, to get this project done. And so that, that's what we do on a, a magnified basis every day in the business world. Right. So it's about relationships, right? Exactly. And that it's is. about understanding how important relationships are at every level, you know, whether that's if you're working on these projects or you're working with a camera person, right? It's about the relationship and how you do that. I'm just wondering, do you have certain leaders that really pop into your mind that have shaped where you you are today in your leadership style? Without a doubt, I think about people that I have modeled over the years, people that I've had the chance to mentor with over the years, and just people that I've had a chance to just get to know and work with and work for. There's one of my leaders, I worked at our corporate office in Atlanta for Cox for about four years. One of my bosses there really helped shape my career to where I am now in the sense that he gave me tremendous opportunity to reach above my pay grade on some special projects. And that's something that I didn't realize how important that was. I was in a position where I was in a manager level role doing really impactful work for the, the public affairs team. But I got called into a couple of special projects where I was working with vice presidents and senior vice presidents. And I was the only manager at the table, but it gave me a chance to really understand how they operated, how they thought, how they communicated. But in the flip side, I think that they also gave me the opportunity to have a bigger voice as well. And I just I think that my personal leader putting me in that position was a really critical turning point in my career, not just from the immediate exposure, but for what it taught me on how it's okay to step above your pay grade sometimes and have a little more influence. Because I think sometimes it's easy to get comfortable and say, well, here's where I'm supposed to be working, but it's okay to work a little above that too. I have to agree with opportunities. Sometimes we heard actually last week, Keith saying that sometimes you don't even know those opportunities from the leader. And so what would you say is your leadership style? I love that question because it's, it's one that stumped me 17 years ago when I was applying for my role at Cox. I hadn't been in a direct people leader role when I had come to work at Cox and I was going to be supervising a team. I distinctly remember our HR manager asking me that question. He said, describe your leadership style. And I thought about it and I, and I wasn't really sure how to answer. And the best thing I could come up with was, you know, I lead by example. And I felt like I was just spitting out an answer at that point. But as I think back over it over the last 17 years, I think it really clearly defines who I am as a leader. I think part of that is never being afraid to lean in and do the work yourself, 
never asking somebody to do something that you wouldn't be willing to do yourself, being there to help out, just modeling accountability, modeling dependability, authenticity, all those things. I still think to this day that rings pretty true for me as leading by example. Isn't that so funny? So it's kind of like, did you go into it or did you believe it? Right? Did, did I speak it into the universe? And, <laughs> and well, I was going to go. Yeah, I, I agree. Did you throw it out there? And then all of a sudden you're that type of person. Help me understand something. You've said a lot thus far. I would like to know your connection to the local community. Can you tell me about threading that into leadership. What does that mean? How do you see that? And then I'll follow up because it's all at once while your mind's racing. How would young professionals do that? How can we say that that's important for leadership and kind of give a heads up for that? So I'm very fortunate to work for a company that not only supports the local communities we serve, you know, they actively encourage us to to volunteer, to give back, to really be actively involved in the communities we serve. So much to the point where, you know, the the founder of our company, it's a family-owned company, 120 years old. The founder left wording in his will about his legacy that, you know, wherever Cox operates, you know, we should forever be, you know, deeply ingrained and active in the communities we serve. So just know that, you know, setting the framework for, I think it's awesome to work for an organization that says, hey, this is a priority for us. How I brought that to myself, working both in our public affairs side and the operations side of the business, I've had the opportunity to serve on a number of boards in the local community, to volunteer with you know, local community organizations. And that's not only been beneficial from the Cox perspective, I had that opportunity from Cox to be able to do that, but I'm able to you know, hopefully lend a little expertise and time and resources to these community organizations. What I've found over the years, especially when you're working with smaller nonprofits, you know, they don't have the same you know, resources that a large organization like Cox or the University of West Florida may have as far as large-scale employee resources, HR teams, communications teams, and they're looking for expertise. And you know, everybody has something that they can give back to the organization. So I think about some of the boards that, that I've been, had the privilege of chairing over the years, you know, when we're recruiting new board members, we're looking for people with marketing experience, accounting experience, communications experience, sometimes technology experience, all those things play into it. And so not only are you growing that organization by offering your service, you have a chance to help hone your own skills as well. So I just, I can't speak enough about what that does for you as growing your own professional skills, but also helping out the nonprofit organizations as well. How do you get involved? Because I have, you know, taken a look at your background. How do you get involved? Because I feel as if, and this is, I think anywhere is you see like David, you're, you know, at the top, you're chairing something, but how do you even crack that sometimes if you're new to an area, what advice on that would you give? Number one, I think you need to find something that you're passionate about. You know, if if you're passionate about children's issues, then you need to find an organization that touches children's issues. If you're passionate about dogs and cats, find something that's in the the neighborhood that helps, you know, dogs and cats, that's all fine. Then the the best way to start off is just by volunteering. You know, if you get in touch with one of the organizations and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in helping kids. I'm interested in helping seniors. I'm interested in helping animals. And I would like to volunteer 
you know, that helps you understand the organization, helps you get in there. You don't have to jump in and become a board member right away. You don't have to become the president of the organization or the secretary of the board, but just be a volunteer, learn the organization, find out what their needs are, find out what you can do to help them. You know, if you're truly doing it from a selfless point of view saying, I want to help, you know, it'll end up being much more rewarding for you, obviously, than it will even for the organization. But I think that the best way to start is just making sure it's tied to something that you're passionate about as well. We try very hard at Cox when we're looking at people to place on certain boards that we match it up with their own personalities, with what their interests and their passions are. Because obviously people are going to be more dedicated and dynamic and if they're able to partner with an organization where they have a, an alignment as well. So passion comes out of your mouth. It comes out of the mouth of a lot of us, right? So it's the passion and it kind of goes to blending that, you know, passion with work and making it kind of your whole self and all of the things that go along with it. So then employees can bring their best self to work. That's how I look at it. Without a doubt. And ideally, I mean, it's not always possible, but ideally you should try to look at some career paths that, you know, on the career side as well, that follow your passion. You know, you don't want to be stuck in a career for 20 or 30 or 40 years in something that you just have no interest in you're bored at, or you don't have growth opportunities. You're not challenged. You're not learning. You're not growing or developing. So the more you have passion about what you do, but I think the key to that is always being open to those new things. Did I ever think that you know, at my position in life, I would be overseeing operations in the telecommunications industry. No, that wasn't my, my dream as a kid. Am I passionate about what I do? I am. I, I love the work I'm doing because it's always, you know, interesting, new, learning, growing, developing. I have a chance now where I'm in a position where I can help other people, you know, grow their careers. I'm able to give back to the community where I live. So for me, it ticks all the boxes that are important to me to keep me fulfilled and satisfied. So I'm going to kind of put this over. I'm looking to Rick because giving back to the community is really what our Dean has done for years and years and years in many different ways, being known and not known. And another thing is, you know, bringing that into our culture here is super important. And so Rick, I'm going to kind of ask you to chime in because that's your area. Well, thank you. I want to backtrack just for a minute, David. You mentioned early on about the projects that you had in college and typical scenario where you had a person who is the supercharged, does all the work and then teammate members and then the one who slacks and does nothing. But would you say that there's an opportunity to learn leadership there, maybe by watching if that's your first project? And do you think leaders just kind of come to the fore? Do you think that person that takes charge and wants to do it, is that just a perfectionist or does leadership skills begin to emerge even in college as you're doing projects like that? I think it's a combination answer. I, I do think there are people who probably have a little more natural leadership tendencies. Um, not necessarily the one who's leading that project is always what we would define as a leader, but you know, they at least have some initiative, you know, which is always a good sign and someone who's willing to get the work done. But I think for the other four or five or seven people who are in that group, they can certainly learn leadership skills from participating in those. I think about a lot of the leadership lessons I've learned over the years aren't necessarily things that 
I personally have experienced, but I have witnessed somebody else have to go through, whether it's with a challenging employee or a challenging boss or a difficult customer. Sometimes you learn best when it's something you've gone through yourself. But if you're observant and you pay attention and you're listening to those around you, I think you can learn just as much sometimes from what other people around you are going through. So I I think those other people in that group can learn just as much about leadership in those situations. A couple of other thoughts I picked up, tried to make notes. You were talking about your mentor encouraging you to rise above your pay grade. And what great advice. And given the opportunity, to me, Quint Studer had a column not long ago, are we investing in our future leaders enough? Are we giving them an opportunity? Are we sharing the spotlight? I really like a lot of his thoughts on that. I think we can learn from that. And then you, I think a real example of leadership was when you answered that question about what your leadership style is. Going through the interview process to be dean, that was a prominent question. And coming out of the legal practice, teaching for a few years, not very long, I'm not sure I had clearly tried to define what my leadership style was. So even at my age, that question was one I had to reflect on for a moment. And I think Allie, I can't say exactly the way she did, but did it just come out or you immediately were able to start answering and I think that's a sign of leadership is maybe you hadn't written it out as a pat answer if you got that question, but you knew what it looked like. You'd had mentors, you'd had opportunities, you've had mentors since then. So I like that. And then I really want to visit for a minute. I did have some experience in nonprofits. And I think that in Jackson, Mississippi, where I was involved and we had a, it was a private law firm, but we had a commitment to give back a percentage of our gross income to the community. So I had a lot of opportunities to serve on boards generally when they needed someone that might try to bail them out. I didn't have enough money to bail anyone out ever, but my wife and I were in a position to help. So I learned a lot about the needs and you really made a good point. We had kind of enjoyed being in Pensacola and just donating time to things and a little bit, it's been a little bit different. But uh, one of my initiatives I want to look at at in developing leaders within our college, the College of Business and our departments, is more engagement in the community. I think we all ought to have some sense of finding exactly what you talked about, something you might have passion for. And we have a resource here. We have students that are bright, want to engage in real-life problems. I remember went over to the Panhandle Theater in Pace. And they needed some back office people. So we were trying to do something with that. But maybe this is a partnership that we ought to be looking at with the university and Cox and helping us identify boards that might need some help from faculty members, from our students, from our administrators, so that we're really giving back. Sometimes at the grassroots, some of these nonprofits don't have any back office ability The most disappointing times I had on those boards was when the sole purpose was to keep payroll made. And um, I don't know if you've encountered that here, but what we would try to do, my wife and I joined a group, is to help them find a sustainable plan. If you lose your mission just to stay open so people get their paychecks, then you're really not benefiting the community any any longer. And that's a tough thing to say to someone. So anyway, I'm sorry I've gone on a diatribe there, but I'm really impressed with your comments. And of course, your company, Cox, 
lives that. There's no question. Y'all are very visible and um, I have a little more appreciation now that they encourage you to go and do a leader, take up leadership opportunities with our community. So thank without you. And I'm thank very you. fortunate without a doubt to, to work for the company that has this kind of vision and support for the community. I think about just, again, so many of the nonprofits that they value the expertise that you can bring. And you think about the university you know, faculty you have out there. You think about the students, you know, who, who bring a fresh perspective. You know, they're studying things and that, you know, maybe some of these nonprofit organizations just haven't had time to dig into themselves, whether it's on data mining for a project or how to reach out to donors in a new way or, or how to solve some legal issue. There's so many different challenges that they, that they face that, again, a large business or organization has resources to handle these things. A nonprofit with a staff of three people or eight people or 12 people, they're overwhelmed by it. So there's just so much gratitude and appreciation from the nonprofit side. I think it helps you build up your, your own skill set that you can use in your day-to-day job as well. David, I, I think this, I think that when you have leadership skills and you practice them, what you're describing, when you're mentoring your people and sending them out into the field, well, I think that one thing we maybe miss in the university setting is leading by example that you have an obligation to give back to the community. When you're blessed with an education opportunity, and, and many of our students work very hard to obtain that education, they borrow money, they have part-time jobs, their families make sacrifice. And I think that if we aren't examples, the mentors I had on this faculty used to always tell me, you're cha- it's a life changing. You're first time going to be a first time college graduate in your family. And you will have a different obligation to the community. You'll be in a position to provide leadership. And I think maybe, thankfully, we have the executive mentorship program where being engaged with a mentor like you would be beneficial. But I, I think somewhere along the line, there's opportunities. I'm hearing them in this interview today that we need to have a broader based approach to that. So in the classroom, there's some life experiences that are mentioned about how wonderful it is to give back. You don't have to be able to write a big check to give back. And then I I think you're right. I think the leadership opportunities, if that's what you're looking for as a young person will come. I I remember, I like to tell the story in Pensacola, I was asked to join the Red Cross board. I was maybe been out of UWF two years and I had never been on a board beyond the alumni council. And uh, Frank Craddock had the advertising agency back then, Dotson, Craddock Born. I don't know if you remember that group. He said, this is a perfect board for you. We're a United Way agency and we don't have to raise money. And in fact, you don't have to worry about making a donation because that's kind of barred back in those days of United Way. So that was the first time I made the connection that they expected you to give if you were going to be a board member. But I think he mentored me and said, this is a great place to start and go and use your talent. So that's part of, he mentored me on that. The next thing he had me on another board and another board. Maybe we need to revisit that. Allie, I think Allie's just an integral part of our leadership team. And this might be something we work on. How do we do that? How do we take what your company has as a value about that and, and introduce that in our curriculum? How do we talk about developing leaders that understand part of that is giving back to your community? Without a doubt. And I think it's you can also sell it to your students as hey, this is another way to build your network. Because I think about a student going through the College of Business, getting a 
a degree in accounting or finance and they think, well, I'm going to work at one of the, the big 10 accounting firms or I'm going to go work for this big finance organization. There, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But if they are out there volunteering with the Ronald McDonald House or the Public Schools Foundation or an, another organization, you know, they're building that network in a different way. They're, they, maybe they're going to go do an, an intern at one of those finance organizations. And that's fantastic, you know, great ex hands-on experience. But as far as building your network and maintaining those relationships, you know, the more organizations you're involved in, you know, the, the broader your network is. Just a, a personal example that I use for personal purposes. Uh, about five years ago, I was building a new garage and I ended up using three different people on one of the boards um, that I worked on to help me get that garage. There was, there was a banker on board that I used to get the home equity loan. There was a contractor that built it. And then there was another person that helped me with advice on the project. So it's like, you know, these are people that I wouldn't have had any contact with otherwise, but because I served with them on the board, I was able to get this project done in a very high quality fashion, a lot faster than I would have otherwise. So that was just a personal project. But I think the same thing can apply to a career growth opportunity as well. I think he just summarized what I used to tell folks when we would do board orientation is that if you're a good board member, you will get back so much more than you give. You have to be giving and to be in a position to receive back. I love that example. And I think if we were to talk about executive mentoring and, and some of those, when I get the opportunity to welcome people, I may mention exactly what you say, take this opportunity to build your network and a friend of mine I heard speak not too long ago mentioned the benefit of giving back by being on board. So learn from your mentor while you're in this executive mentor program. So that's great, great information. So if I could sum up what I'm hearing is I would say it's about teamwork. It's about people. Part of that, it goes back to mentoring, which is actually giving back. And my authentic leadership that I always throw in really gets you into a place as a leader that I'm hearing David say is a joy to work with the teams, even if the mundane customer challenge, you're absolutely right. You do a lot of different things. So in this time together, two great leaders, thank you both for being here because I'm just thinking of now we're tasked with doing about 10 other things from here. <laughs> That's what I heard our dean say is now we have to work together, but it really is. It's a delight to hear and see because on the podcast where we only do the audio, but if you could see David's passion that comes out and his kindness that is coming through, I, I want to thank you for what you've given today. And of course, Dean Fountain always does that every day. So thank you both for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been a great conversation. I've enjoyed it and happy to continue the conversation with the university about, you know, hey, how can Cox and UWF continue to partner? Because I think we both share a lot of the same visions of being an integral part of the communities we serve. And so those those visions align and love, love this conversation to continue. Yeah, well, we will certainly do that. And uh, Allie always flatters me. I've learned so much in these sessions about leadership. And so thank you for being so generous with your not only your time, but really your knowledge and exhibiting your leadership right here in this session today. Thank you. I appreciate it.